the items for uh, for March are a toy of some sort, boy or girl toy is fine, and the age ranges are from two to age I think fourteen. So really anything that you could purchase would be would be fine, and um, especially the the boy toys we've noticed that those are not as as common. Uh, the things for boys. So if you could grab a, a boy toy, that would be great. Nothing. Uh, it can't be anything that has liquid in it, and it can't be anything uh, military-esque, so no um, no guns or anything like that. Also, the item for the month of April is going to be shower items, so those little uh, puffy things for, for washing or washcloths, um, anything like soap would be great. Anything like that is, is a good item to purchase, so please do keep those things in mind. Bring those things in. There has been a um, there has been a an email sent to me about the possibility of uh, of doing some things in the month of May or June. There, uh, when people purchase, they go online and they just say, "Pack a box for me." Um, someone has to go pa pack those boxes, so that's a possibility that we we might could have an opportunity to do that. If you would be interested, just let me know, and I'll see about the dates and that sort of thing. But it's going to be in either May or June, so. Again, that was a, a neat little thing that uh, we would, <laughs> since we didn't get to do it the past couple of years in December, um, maybe to, to go when it was a little nicer weather. Uh, if there's any, I don't think there's any other announcements, except that next week is Palm Sunday. The following Sunday is, uh, is Easter Sunday, so please be here. If you're watching today, please be here on Easter Sunday. We would love to see you. You can be distance and have your mask on, no worries at all, but uh, we do want you to be here for Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Be here next week to uh, to celebrate Palm Sunday. We want you here every Sunday, if you can be. When you're not here, we miss you, and uh, just do keep those things in mind. We will not have first Sunday meal, but we will come together to celebrate uh, Easter Sunday. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I have car duty in the mornings at, at work, mornings and afternoons, excuse me, and uh, and so I, in the morning time, we have to take their temperature and, and ask them the COVID questions and then get them out of the car, and then in the afternoon, they just, we help them to find their car and open the door for them, you know, tell them to have a nice day and that sort of thing, and uh, and a lot of times, a bunch of kids will be coming out because we have a line of eight or nine cars in each in each lane. And so a couple of kids were, were coming up, and I put this one little girl in the first car, and, uh, and then I turned around to open the car door for the next, the next kid, and this little girl said, I didn't know that Meredith was rich. And I <laughs> looked at her, and I said, what do you mean, honey? She said, her car is gold. She must be rich. <laughs> and, and she said, I think Junie B. Jones calls that a Cadillac. And, um, and so the, the car was actually just a um, kind of a champagne-colored Subaru. But <laughs> to, to this little girl, to Emily, it was this girl was rich because she had a gold car. And I thought, you know, sometimes we compare ourselves to others. We look at an, another's life. You know, there's that, that song that's very, very popular now. And he says, line number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. And we look at other people and we think, oh, yeah, they're perfect. And everything about their life is, is better than what I have going on. But really, 
when we when we really take the time, we understand that God has blessed all of us, and each person has has issues, and each person has blessings, and so we are thankful, thankful for those blessings today. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this day. We're thankful for all that you do and all that you are. God, we are grateful to you because you are so good to us. God, we thank you and we praise you that you've brought us into this place this morning. God, that you have allowed us to wake up this morning, God, to be healthy enough to be inside your house. God, we thank you for the fellowship of believers that were able to come together and to worship you together. God, I just ask you to have your will and your way in this service. Lord, that everything that we say and do would honor and please you. Father God, I just pray that you would have your will and your way in this place. Lord, there is no one who is here by accident, but you have a purpose and a plan for each of us. God, you have something that you would like to give to each and every one of us. You'd like to meet every one of us right now. God, I just ask that you would have your will and your way in Jesus' precious holy name that we would lift you up, bless you, honor you, and always say and do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name oh yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes i will Count on one thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now, and in the waiting, the same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. So yes, I will lift you high in my lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes, I will for all my days. Oh yes, I will, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names, that nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names, that nothing can stand against. And I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. 
that nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against so yes I will lift you high in my lowest valley yes I will bless your name yes I will sing for joy though my heart is heavy all my days oh yes I will for all my days oh yes I will for all my days yes I will Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who am I that the highest King would welcome me? I was lost, but He brought me in. Know oh, His love for me. Oh, His love for me, who the Son says free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Sing free at last. Free at last, He has ransomed me, His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for me. Who the Son sets free, always oh, free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Sing, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. Oh, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. The sun sets me. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. There's a place for me. 
I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Sing, I'm chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Lord, I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Lord, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Oh, I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Oh, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Lord, I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. Amen. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, God. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you
Thank you, Jesus. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Good to have all you folks who are streaming live. <laughs> I guess that's the way you say it. Glad to have you folks with us, and I hope you enjoy our service this morning. Uh, I need to tell you that the offering this morning will be going to our minister, the loose offering that's in our plate, so give liberally if you can. And don't forget that we're trying to get a new uh, air conditioning unit, and so uh, anything you can do to help in that wise would sure be appreciated also. 
It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our earth will come at this time. But I do thank you for all that you do. God blesses, and I'm thankful for it. Brother Wiseman, will you say a blessing over the offering this morning, please? It's kind of not my thing, so preacher's not here, and I've been asked to take up prayer requests this morning. So after I take up prayer requests, I'm going to ask Jeff to turn my mic off, and I want Jennifer and everyone else to pray together. So really loud. I don't want y'all to hear me because, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, Dr. Tatum, hey, how you doing? Um, so I'm going to start off taking up prayer requests. Anybody have any prayer requests this morning? Gracie. Gracie, sorry, I always call her Gracie. See, I'm nervous. Gretchen. Gretchen, prayer request. Pop pops back. We could, okay. Anyone else? Jennifer. unspoken requests raise your hand I, Jeff you can go ahead and turn me off and I need everyone to uh, you know
we are glad, again, that you are here with us. We're glad that you are here watching again. And uh, we are glad that Dr. and Sister Tatum, Sister Tatum was not able to be here last time when Dr. Tatum was here on our first Sunday of January. But we are very glad that she is here today. Glad to see you. Amen. So we are always, always honored when Dr. Tatum comes because he is, I, I say this when he's not around, but he's a he has a great word all the time and makes it simple and makes it relevant. And so I really appreciate him. So thank you, Dr. Tatum, for being here with us. Thank you so very, very much, Jennifer. I do appreciate that, and it is my joy uh, to be with you today and to share the word of the Lord. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around at what is happening in our world today, just like you, and I, I'm wondering. Uh, well, I think we get it. I don't know that uh, everybody else gets it, but uh, when you think about what you are hearing. And when you consider what you are seeing in our world today, I, I do believe that we can safely say that the perilous times of the last days that Paul talked about are officially here. They have arrived. And uh, I, I think about a saying that I heard a long time ago, and it simply says that the devil's working overtime all the time because he knows that he has but a short time and uh, we are living in and I could go on and on and on I guess but we are living in the last days of the last days and I, I guess that brings to four what are we supposed to do is there anything that we the church can do in regard to that and I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And, uh, and uh, I do trust and I do pray that we have a word of the Lord for you today. Because in these times in which we live, I think that this is the number one thing that we need to do. Because this will take care of a lot of things. And uh, I'm going to be talking about prayer today because I believe when we pray, we get direction from God in regard to what we can do. And when we get direction from God in regard to what we can do, then we know that God is going to bless that. So I want us to think in terms of prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. The Scripture says... And this is first of all talking about God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Then it talks about us. That we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and to the remainder of this service. In that passage of scripture there are two things that we find out about God and about prayer and about us. 
First of all, there is what God is able to do. The Bible says plainly and clearly right here, unto him, again, talking about God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. That's what God can do. There is not a situation, there is not a circumstance, there is not a problem that you and I have faced, are facing, or will ever face, but what God is not able to take care of it. And God certainly has the situation of this world in control. I have been recently studying out of Revelation chapter 17 that certainly talks about the Antichrist and his kingdom and what's going to be happening there. And in that chapter it says that God hath put into their heart to fulfill his will. So the things that we are seeing in this world today that causes us a great deal of concern and and uh, and a uh, little bit of fear maybe it, we need to understand that God is doing this because he's bringing about the fulfillment of his word and the fulfillment of his will so 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 let me say this again to you unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that's what God can do okay we know what God can do. We've got all the faith in the world in God. Now what are we supposed to do? Well, there's a second movement in regard to this idea of prayer, and that is we pray, okay? We pray to a God who is able, but we have to, we have to do the praying. And it says unto them, uh, above all that we would even ask or even think in regard to God. So that's what I want us to understand today. I, I want to uh, quickly, if I can, go over to Luke chapter 17 and chapter 18. I, I think there's some, some uh, information right there that we are given that, that helps us understand exactly what we are talking about. If you will look at Luke chapter 17, and I believe that it starts in verse 26 and goes through uh, verse uh, 30, I, I believe it is, that it, it talks about, and we've heard this all of our lives, most of us, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It also says there, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in that day that I will come. Now I'm paraphrasing right there. I want you to understand that. And so we, we, begin, to, we begin to look at, this is something that Jesus said we could look for. So if Jesus says, this is the way that it's going to be in the day that I am going to come, that I'm going to be revealed, uh, uh, days of Noah, days of Lot, then, then we can understand that we need to look at these two particular stories and, and maybe note what, what's going on right there. And uh, so uh, when we read about them, we, we, Jesus begins to say certain things that they were doing in those days. 
And here's the list of things that they were doing. Jesus says they were eating in those days, and they were drinking in those days, and they were marrying wives, and they were being given in marriage, okay? It says they were buying, and they were selling, and they were planting, and they were building. Now, now, friend, I, I want you to understand that none of those things are, Jesus does not necessarily say that they're wrong. He said this is what they were doing. This was what was consuming their time. Their time was consumed in eating, and their time was consumed in drinking. And, and, and because when we get that to chapter 18, that, that will clearly be explained to us. That their time was consumed in all of these things. Uh, we, we are very uh, apt, or, or I am anyway. I, I don't have any stock in the market, but I, I watch it, and I see these numbers, and they talk about these numbers that are in my mind astronomical of what people are doing. They are buying. They are selling. They, they, are, they are doing all of these other things. And, and Jesus says people was doing that one more time, and that's basically all that they were doing. Now, when we go back over to Genesis chapter 6, we begin to understand that in the days of Noah, not only were they doing these things, but they were doing something else. And so in Genesis chapter 6, there is a very strong emphasis upon the idea of violence. Are we seeing violence in the world today? Are we seeing violence in our land today? Are we seeing violence in families between men and women today, between just friends today? I, I mean, there is a marked era of violence that we're living in. So not only did the Bible say they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and all these other things, but, 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 but when we read it in the book of Genesis, we are told that they were given over to a, to a totality of violence, and I think we see that in our world today, just like it was in the days of Noah. When we read it, when we look at the story of, of Lot, I, I believe that's in Genesis chapter 19, we, we begin to understand that, that, that when those two angels came in to, to get Lot out of the city the next day, that the, that the men of the city wanted to, to live in all sorts of perverseness and depravity in regard to those angels. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Lot said, don't do this. And, and listen to what those men said to, to Lot. They said, if you do not allow us to do what you what we want to do we will do worse to you than we will do than we plan on doing to them in other words they, they were of the attitude let us do whatever we want to do and if you try to stand in our way then we will be worse to you than we was going to be in, in, in the first place in the first situation right here and so I, I really think that we are seeing an attitude in this world today that people want to do their own thing. They don't want any law. They don't want any order. They don't want any church. They want, don't want any preacher. They don't want anybody telling them what they are allowed to do. And if you try to stop them, they will attack you and come very severely against you. So we are living in a day. We are living in a day of violence. 
We are living in a day where they do not want any type of correction or direction within their life. We are living in a day where people are only concerned about eating and only concerned about drinking and only concerned about buying and And friend, listen to me. There is something else that, that is extremely important within our lives. And that's the reason why I want us to look at Luke chapter 18 in the context of what is said in Luke chapter 17. Again, Jesus says that as it was in the days of Noah, and we've described to you what they've done or what they did. As it was in the days of Lot, and we've described to you briefly what they did. And that's all that they did. They lived for those particular things. And so Jesus is looking at those disciples right there, and he's saying unto them, that's the way that it is. That's the way that it's going to be. But he looks at those disciples in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, and he says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Again, in and of itself, when done right, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with eating. I will certainly do that later on today. There's certainly nothing wrong with, with, with drinking, okay? Now, now I, I am careful what I drink, okay? Let's make that clear, all right? I'm what you call, they used to call them teetotalers, okay? All right, so uh, that's, that's uh, I want you to understand that. And, and certainly I have married a wife and her father gave her to me at the altar at the Parkwood Avenue Church of God many years ago. Uh, so I've certainly done, and I've certainly bought in my lifetime, and I'm certainly sold in my lifetime, and I'm, I've tried to plant, but I am not a good gardener, okay? Uh, so so I, I've certainly done all of those things, and, and listen to me again, in and of themselves, they, there is absolutely nothing wrong, but when those things dominate our lives, where that is the most important thing that, that we're going we're gonna to buy and we're going to sell, we're going we're gonna to build, we're going to plant, because we're going to make sure that we have, and we'll put God on the back burner, and we'll put God over here on the side somewhere, and we'll say, God, I, I, I may contact you a little bit later on in a month or two, but, but, but I'm going to do these things first. That's when they become a problem. And so Jesus addresses this problem again here in Luke chapter 17 and chapter 18. And Jesus says, I understand that these are the things that are going to be happening and they're going to dominate plus the violence and the depravity. But Jesus says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. I guess what I would say to the Cornelius Church of God is to say unto you, in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on that we see as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot that, that we what can we do I'm going to tell you what we can do we can begin to understand that the most important thing that we can do is we can pray and humble ourselves before God and seek God and see what God wants us to do Jesus says again in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 men ought always to pray and not to faint. And he gives a story. 
He talks about a judge. Jesus describes this judge. He was a judge that did not fear God. He was a judge that did not regard man. In other words, God could not get to this judge because he did not fear him. There's a lot of people like that today. They don't seem like they fear God anymore. And man could not influence him because he was a judge. And in his courtroom, his word was law. It was final. That was it. You couldn't do anything else about it. The Bible goes on to talk about a widow woman who had been done wrong by her adversary and the only resource that this widow woman has is to come and make her appeal to this judge and say, Judge, I need for you to avenge me of my adversary. Now let's remind ourselves about this judge. He does not fear God. He does not regard man. If he does not fear God, if he does not regard man, what does this widow woman have that will make him do anything for her? She has absolutely nothing except, I'll get to that in just a moment. The judge says, I will not avenge you. Get out of my courtroom. The next day, he comes to court. There she sits. She said, he says, what do you want, woman? She says, I want the same thing that I wanted yesterday. I want you to avenge me of my adversary. And he said, I'm going to give you the same answer today that I gave you yesterday. I will not get out of my courtroom. The next day, the judge comes to court. To his surprise, there she sits again. He said, no, woman, listen, you don't have to tell me what you want. I know what you want but you're not going to get it. I, I, I've told you, I, I don't fear God, I don't regard man, and I am not going to avenge you of your adversary. Get out of my courtroom. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. The next day, guess what? She's back. He said, woman, you're starting to get on my nerves. You know, not that anybody could do that to anybody, but I mean, in this case, it was so. You're starting to get on my nerves. Now, I've told you no three times. This will be the fourth time that I tell you, get out of my courtroom. The next day, the judge thinks, well, surely this is, this, it won't happen again today. And sure enough, she's there. And now he's, now he's mad. Now he's tired. Now he's aggravated. And he looks at her and he says, Now, woman, I'm telling you for the last time, I'm, I don't fear God. I don't regard man. I am not going to do anything for you. I'm telling you, get out of my courtroom. Do not come back. And if you come back again, I will have you put in jail for contempt. Now, woman, get out of my courtroom. And she responded and she said, Judge, you can do whatever you want to do. And you go ahead and you put me in jail if you want to for contempt. But she said, when I get out, I'm going to be right back here in this courtroom because I want you to avenge me of my adversary. And I'm sure the judge, and I will not do it because I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm sure the judge must have let out a scream, a yell. And he said, woman, you have gotten to me. 
I don't fear God, I don't regard man, but you have gotten to me because you have continued to come and you have told me that you will continue to come and I don't want to deal with it anymore. I will avenge you of your adversary. Now this is what Jesus is talking about right here. He is telling us that we need to continue. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. In the midst of these days and times in which we live, I am totally convinced. Am, am, am I saying we don't need to evangelize? No, that's not what I'm saying. But we need to evangelize under the anointing and the direction of God as we pray and seek God for His will, His plan to be done and accomplished to show us exactly what we need to do. Am I saying we don't need to worship? No, that's not what I'm saying. But worship is made so much better when it's prayed over and we come into the house of the Lord and we make prayer a primary emphasis in, in this place because Jesus said my house or my father's house shall be called a house of preaching right no yeah you're getting it right if you're listening out there the church here is getting it right I hope you got it right out there I, I mean we're supposed to preach that's what I'm doing I'm enjoying myself we're supposed to sing a, a wonderful singing here. Praise the Lord. Beautiful worship. It is fantastic. But, 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 but Jesus says, my Father's house, my Father's house is a house of prayer. For, and so when we pray, it makes everything else so much better. Hallelujah. And so we read, listen. The Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God, what did, the unjust, what did the unjust judge say? He says, woman, by your continual coming, you've gotten me. And then verse 7, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? We may be in a season right now in which it seems like that the Lord is bearing long with us. But that same judge who was unjust that would avenge that widow woman. We don't have an unjust judge. We serve the God of heaven. He loves us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's how much he loves us. If he gave him, how shall he not freely with him also give us all things that pertain to life and godliness? So, so we understand that that. that God will avenge his own elect. We belong to him. He will take care of us. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now that word speedily does not mean five hours from now or 15 minutes from now. It, what it simply means is when God gets ready to do it, he'll do it quickly. That's just the way God works. He does bear long with us. I, I, to me, it's a test of our faith, our perseverance, our commitment, our dedication. Jesus says men ought always to pray and not to faint. We don't give up praying. No matter if we don't see the answer today, we're going to see it tomorrow. If we don't see it tomorrow, we're going to see it next week. But we're going to keep on praying and seeking the face of God because we understand there is what I can do, I can pray. But there is what God can do, and God can do exceeding abundantly above all. Hallelujah. That's what God can do. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, listen to this. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. What is he saying there? When Jesus comes, 
Will he find enough faith on the earth in you and me that we will pray and pray and pray until the answer comes? Or will we give up and just give ourselves over to eating, give ourselves over to drinking, give ourselves over to planting, give ourselves over to, to uh, selling, give ourselves over to all of these things. What's, what's it going to be? As it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, that's the way it's going to be. But you see, we are different. Noah was different. He built an ark. You and I are different. We don't have to act that way and give ourselves totally over to those things. You and I can pray and seek the face of God and see God work in our behalf. Today is a day of darkness and depravity. I think we see that. But let me tell you, in this day in which we live, there is what God can do, and there is what we can do. And that is that we can pray continuously. I'd like to focus on four essential things that I think we need to pray for in these last days. I'm honored to visit the church here today. I thank Brother Joyner for inviting me to come and, 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 and to be with you today. And whenever I go somewhere, I want to do my best, especially in the days and times in which we live, to give a word from the Lord to you that I think will help you and, and will bring direction into your life. And so I, I think we, we understand this concept of prayer. Let me, let me give you a quick definition of prayer, and then I'm going to give you those four things that I would encourage you to pray continuously for before the Lord. Prayer is the holy, intimate intersection of God and His people. When we pray, we enter into a, a, a connection, an a intersection, an a intimate intersection with God. But that's not all. It is the place where God delegates authority to His church I dare not get up before any congregation without praying. I dare not endeavor to do anything that I would ever attempt to do for God and for the kingdom without praying. It is through prayer that God delegates authority to His church. Not only that, but it is through prayer that He delegates authority to His church, listen, to enforce the kingdom agenda on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is being done in heaven. But He wants His will to be done on this earth. And it is through prayer that that agenda is able to be carried out by us. Remember what it said? According to the power that worketh within us, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And that power operates according to prayer. 
What did Jesus say? They come to him, teach us to pray. This is what he said. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When, when, when Jesus is teaching them to pray, when Jesus is teaching them how to pray, he tells them, you pray, that God's will in heaven would be done on this earth. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Now, you and I are looking forward to the millennial reign, aren't we? We understand that the knowledge of the Lord shall fill the earth, the sea, and the sky, and he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords for a thousand years upon this earth, and we will rule with him. But right now in the spiritual realm, God wants his kingdom to be manifested in this world. In the spiritual dynamics of his kingdom, he can change people. He changed me. He changed you. He can change anybody. Hallelujah. And that's what we are praying for is that God will change people. So there's, there's four things that I want to emphasize right here very quickly. First of all, I believe that we need to pray for revival. We need to pray for a great awakening in this nation and in our world. The idea of revival to me means to revive something that used to be alive but is dead. And I think we need to pray that God would revive the things of Him that are in us and the church that we have allowed to die. Now you say, no, 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 preacher, you're, you're missing it. If it's of God, it can't die. Oh, is that right? Let's, let's turn over in the, the book of Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, I believe it is, and let's read about a church by the name of Sardis. This was a church. It was one of the seven churches of the book of Revelation. And this is what Jesus says to them. I know thy works that thou hast a name that thou livest and are dead. Huh? You've got a name that you're alive, but Jesus says you're dead. He goes on to say, be watchful. Remember, watch and pray. Be watchful and strengthen the things, listen, the things which remain that are ready to die. So when we begin to understand, I, 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 you, you, well, you maybe look at it this way. Everybody that Jesus ever healed uh, in his ministry on earth eventually died. And, and everybody that Jesus raised from the dead in his ministry while he was here on earth eventually died again, okay? So, 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 so there, there is that back. Now, you, praise God, we're looking for everlasting life, a, a, a new body and, and, and all that. That's going to happen to the resurrection rapture event in and the last days, and those days are, are, are here. We, we've understood that, haven't we? So, so, so the, 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 the point is right here that Jesus is saying to that church, he said, you, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're really dead. And he said, there's some things in you that are still remaining. But he said, you need to strengthen those things because they're getting ready to die. We need a revival. We need for God. I, I, I uh, praise God for all of the things that go along with revival. Uh, they're absolutely wonderful. But the revival that we need is the revival from God in our lives, in our church, in our world, in our nation, in which God would revive those things that we've allowed to die and revive them to life again. That's what the world needs. That's what I need. That's what our church needs. 
Number two, we need to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joel promised that it would happen. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. All right? Now, our sons and daughters are prophesying, but listen to what they're saying to us. We want to tear it down. We want to burn it down. We want to destroy it. That's what they're prophesying to us. What we need is for people to be filled with the Spirit of God who will testify that God doesn't want to tear down. He wants to build up. God doesn't want to kill. He wants to give life and give it more abundantly. We need people that will testify about those things. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and for another 27, 26 chapters in the book of Acts. And it has no formal ending, so it continues on right there. They continue to go out doing and working and ministering in the power of the Holy Ghost. I, 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 I don't want to try to stand up here without prayer. I don't want to try to stand up here without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to try to do anything without the touch and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in our life and throughout Acts. Oh, praise God. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, they went where they were, where they went everywhere that they went. I believe it's Acts chapter 13 verse 2 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called them to do. And Paul eventually goes on three missionary journeys throughout the whole Roman world, basically, and evangelizes the world. And the Bible says, I think it's in Acts chapter 11, that these that have turned the world upside down have come here also. Praise God. So that's the power of the outpouring of the ministry of the Holy Ghost that we're talking about. Not only that, but they did what they did by the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The writer says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil. We, 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 we need to go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. If anything's going to be done in this church today, if anything's going to be done in your life or my life today, it's going to be done because of the power of the Holy Ghost. So we need to pray, number one, for revival. We need to pray, number two, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Number three. And all of those are important, but listen to this one. We need to pray that God would direct his pastors and churches to do the ministry that he wants them to do in this day and time in which we live. We understand that's different. Well, COVID, COVID made sure about that, didn't it? It's different. But the thing about it is, Jesus has not come and gotten his church yet. We're still here. So evidently, there's something that he wants us to do. Amen? Praise God. Churches exist for a reason. May I say unto you that the Cornelius Church of God is here for a reason. You have a purpose for being here. You are not a mistake. You are not just an aberration. You are here because God wants you to be here. He has a work for you to do, okay? Now, 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 we need God's direction in regard to that, okay? 
we, we need to understand God has a plans for this church to thrive even during COVID. Very, very quickly, Acts chapter 9. The apostle Paul, excuse me, at that time he was Saul, was on his way to Damascus, had letters in his hands to persecute the church. He sees a great light. Oh, he, see, he understands it's the glory of the Lord. He, he, so he says, who art thou, Lord? And, 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 and Jesus speaks, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. The next words that come out of the apostle Paul's mouth are powerful. He says, what do you want me to do? And Jesus says, oh, you go to Damascus, it will be told you what to do. And so Paul goes to Damascus. He obeys the word of the Lord. He's wanting to know what he's supposed to do from this point on. Something's happened. Something's changed. So he goes to Damascus. He's there in Damascus. And, 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 and the Bible tells us that he's praying and he's fasting and he's seeking the Lord. God speaks to a disciple. I believe his name is Ananias. He said, you go tell Paul. You go pray for Paul because he's a chosen vessel for me. And you go pray for him. And, and, and I'm going to show him what great things he's going to suffer and great things he's going to do for me. And, 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 and then the Lord says, you go tell him because he's praying. I like that. God said... He's wanting to know what to do. He's praying about it. And as a result of his prayer, you go pray that the scales are taken off and that he's no longer blind. And he's filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God. And, and that, that he's going to be a chosen vessel of me to preach the gospel unto the Gentiles. And God says to Ananias, the main reason that you're going to be able to do this and he's going to be able to do this is because he is praying. Church, we must understand that the key to our understanding of doing what God wants us to do, whatever it may be, I don't know what it is for the Cornelius Church of God, but God knows what it is. He's the one who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But you see, there's that second part. We have to ask. We have to pray. Now I need to pause right here and make you feel real good. The first part of this is going to make you feel good. The latter part may not be making you feel too good but I got to tell you in these last days in which we live I believe that God can draw attention to his church by miracles signs and wonders wouldn't that be wonderful that miracles and signs and wonders would be evident and operational within the Cornelius Church of God but in the book of Acts God also drew attention to his church. This part you're not going to like, but i got to tell you. God also drew attention to his church by persecution. That same man, Paul, who seen the light and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God showed him what he wanted him to do. He also said, I'm going to show him what great things he's going to suffer for me. But prayer, prayer helps you and me deal with the negative part and the positive part as well in the right way. So we read about the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. You can read it for yourself. I'm going to summarize it simply this way. Paul either had a revival or a riot wherever he went, and he usually had both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be ministering to people and things happening. Next thing you know, he's in prison, being beaten to death. That's just the way that it is. I'm sorry, but, but we're probably heading that direction. 
Number four, and I close. That whatever God is doing and going to do, that we would be a part of that. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is his church. He is the Lord and master. If I, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you all also should wash one another's feet. In other words, he gives us the example. He's, for lack of a better analogy, he's the boss. Okay. He's the head of the church. That's a better way to say it. That's more theological, more biblical. He's the head of the church. We're the body. And as the body, we function in particular gifts and ministry. It should be quite obvious to you that I'm not as young as I used to be. Praise the Lord. But I still have a desire. I still have a burden. I take advantage of every opportunity that, that, the, that, that the Lord gives to me. Sometimes I wish there was two of me. Because sometimes I, I, I have an appointment and somebody else will call me. Can you come? I'm sorry, I'm already, I'm already at this appointment. You know, I wish there was two of me. So I wish I could split myself in two. I, you know, split personality. Go here and be there at the same time. That's, uh, but I can't do that. I can't do that. We can only be one place or one person in one place at one time. But wherever we are, wherever we are, we, we, we want to do our best to make sure that we're doing what we can for the kingdom of God in these last days and times in which we live. Listen to me. I hope I say this in the right way and not in the wrong way. I look at you. Wonderful people. You're so kind. You're always very, very, very accommodating when I come, and, and, I, and I appreciate that, and I thank you. I really, really do. Uh, but I, I just, I just want to make sure that you, I, you understand that there's a work for you to do in these last days. We don't, You know, we could we could rest on our laurels, so to speak, and and I, I hope I'm saying this in the right way, uh, but but there's a work for you to do, and 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 if and if and if we will do our part, it makes it it's 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 like your body, your your body, uh, it may well it may not function quite as well as it used to because again we're getting older, okay, I understand, but as far as as it being there and, and doing what it can do and all those things, I, I, it will still do it. It, may, it takes a little bit more prompting to do it. I understand. But, but it will, it will stood. That's the body. And that's so Jesus is the head. We are the body. And when we operate in, in our part of the body, that means that the totality of the church is blessed and ministered to. Here's the thing. Don't try to do everything. Okay? Don't, don't try to do it all. You know, just because I preached this sermon, you like me, and, and so you, you, you heard a word from the Lord or something like that, I hope, you know. Don't, don't try to do it all. Do what you can. Because there is rest, you know. We, we need to be able to rest sometime. The Sabbath rest. God gives that to us. Well, I I'm, I'm, don't want to chase that rabbit too far, but, but anyway, what it, pray, pray. Don't let me tell you, I, I, I love your pastor, 
don't necessarily let him tell you unless he gets a true word from the Lord and it's in agreement with your spirit. But, but, but pray and ask God, what can I do that's going to benefit the kingdom of God at the Cornelius Church of God? Four things that I think are very, very important to pray in these last days for the rapture to take place and we'd be ready to go. Would you stand together with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray those prayers with you now again. And I want you to pray with me as I, as I pray these prayers, and, and we'll turn the service uh, back over to Jennifer. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. Let's, let's take just a moment today to pray for revival. Lord, Lord, would you give us a revival? Lord, would you give us a revival? Would you, would you, would you Lord, revive those things? that unintentionally or whatever we've allowed to die in us that are of you, Lord God. And you know what they are, and we know what they are, Lord God. And help us to be watching that we don't let anything else die. But Lord, we're, we're praying for revival. We're praying for that which is dead, that used to be alive, is going to be alive again in every person in, in me, Lord. I'm talking to me, Lord. So, so I pray for revival in me. I pray for revival in everyone in this place. Lord, I'm praying that you would give us a, a, a great awakening in this nation, Lord. A great awakening, Lord. We thought that COVID may get people's attention and make them more focused upon God. And I'm sure it has in regard to a lot of people, but it seems like that a lot of people have allowed this to pull them even farther away. Lord, help us. Even in the midst of COVID, give us a revival. Hallelujah. Give us a revival, Lord. Give us a revival. Lord, I pray that you would give us a great outpouring of your Spirit in our lives, Lord. The power of the Spirit, the power of singing, the power of preaching. Oh, Lord, the power of prayer. Lord, give us an outpouring of your Spirit. Oh, Lord God, a power of evangelism, a power of, of body ministry operating in the Cornelius Church of God, Lord. Give us an outpouring of your Spirit, Lord God. And, and Lord, give us the divine appointments by your Spirit. And give us the divine work by your Spirit, Lord. And give us the anointing, Lord God, by your Spirit. How you anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Anoint us with that same anointing, Lord. To do the work of God and the ministry of God, Lord. Give us an outpouring of your Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would show this church, show the leadership of this church, Show every member in this church, Lord, the direction that you want them to go, Lord God. I know that we are limited because of, uh, of things, but Lord, there is no limitations to you. And you can give divine direction. You can give divine guidance in regard to something that we can do that's going to impact the community around us and evangelize this community, Lord. You've got this church here for a reason and for a purpose, Lord. And I pray that that purpose would be accomplished. And Lord, 
We're going to pray from this day forward that you would show us, this church, what you want us to do in regard to the kingdom of God. And finally, Lord, today I'm praying that you will show every individual, every individual in this church that which you would have them to do. And Lord, we will praise you and we will glorify you for what you do, Lord. Dear Lord, help us to be able to know how to evangelize when we go through the, 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 the checkout line at the grocery store. Lord, I'm not talking about uh, acting like wild people. Lord, that's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to be able to have an attitude, to be able to have a, a, a spirit about us that they can feel, Lord. They, we don't have to say anything about it. And Lord, help us to say the right word. Let, let, let our words be like apples of gold and pictures of silver, Lord. Let us say just the right thing, Lord, that will plant a good seed because, Lord, we understand in your word that one plants, one waters. It's you who give the increase. We can do our part. Somebody else will do the other, Lord God, but it will make them think that word is spirit. You said your word is spirit. Your word is life. Let us plant a word into their spirit that really deals with their spirit. Let us plant a word in their, in their life that really deals with their life and touches them. Lord, from the time that it leaves our lips to the time that it reaches their heart, their ears, their mind, may it accumulate the meaning that you want it to have because you said, Lord, that your word will not return void. And so, Lord, we're asking you to do that and help us in regard to that endeavor, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, Lord... You said that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So, Lord, as we plant that simple word, even one word, you said every dot of the I, every cross of the T would be fulfilled. So, Lord, as we plant that inspired word of witness, evangelism, your word, Lord God, into them, Lord, I pray that it would bring forth fruit. In Jesus' name, I pray for these things. In Jesus' name, I pray for these things. God bless you today. God bless you, Jennifer.